Third and 14. Four man rush again. Fields to the end zone. More touchdown. So Fields, who had the big first half last week, 20 yards here, down the field they go. More catches, two passes, six plays, 75 yards in a little less than three minutes. And Chicago draws first blood. Well, watch Percy Butler, the safety. When you have a vertical receiver against two safeties that are high, the linebacker's got to be able to get vertical. Watch the safety be influenced here, and that creates the opening to the outside. Again, give Justin Fields a lot of credit. That throw should not be there if the safety's doing his job. And again, he makes them pay on the back end. Welcome back to the Parkinson Spiegel QB1 Town Hall on the score. It's awesome to see so many listeners here bopping back and forth between the performance space and the kitchen to have some Aurelios during the breaks. And, I mean, you know, people just giving us booze. We do have booze. Which is nice. I don't think we can give them booze, though. <laughs> we can accept. Can we give them the booze that was given to us? That's an excellent question. I think probably. See, I don't know. Did Mitch leave yet? Did he do the Mitchy shuffle? Right. As soon as our bosses leave, I really think we're fine. Right? The Irish goodbye? <laughs> yeah. I think everything will be fine. <laughs> uh, we don't have There's mango. forensic accounting research that needs to be done. Wow. Well, Man, Dan wow. Bernstein's excitement as for, uh, for forensic accounting is, is unparalleled. Doesn't get better. Um, so we a couple of things we want to play here. And I almost think we should play the fields first. Like, let him... Speak for himself. I, but let's let's play the clat. Okay, you, fine. You, You're, it's you, your show. You, it's our show, baby. It, you teased it. You, I did. You teased it. I forgot it. what I said. Let's pay off the tease. Oh, okay, that's what we did. And it's just, let's add this voice to the mix, because I don't think we've played a single thing that this guy has said. This is the Fox number one uh, college football analyst. Yes. A, a three-year starter as a Colorado quarterback. And every year, he ranks his top five quarterbacks for the upcoming draft. And this just broke, it's just crossed on Monday. And it's starting to, to hit the internet and, and go all over. And the way he breaks down Caleb Williams and breaks down the characteristics that a great quarterback needs, it resonated to me and then very much to Chris Tannehill. All right, well. so this is, the, this is Joel Klatt's scouting report on Caleb Williams. Why is he my top quarterback in a quarterback-heavy draft? And the reason is, is because I find it incredibly rare. And in fact, it generally never happens where a quarterback that I evaluate is excellent in all five categories that I'm trying to evaluate him. And Williams is, he is top level talent in every category. And here's those categories. Number one, controlling the game from the pocket. Do you have the ability from the pocket to just stand there, receive the snap, and in a post-snap read, control the game from the pocket? Do you have that ability? I always start with that because generally speaking, that's the thing that always holds everybody back in the National Football League. Post-snap, making decisions, controlling the game from the pocket. Do you have the ability to do that? Williams does. And he showed amazing ability to do that at times. Arm talent. Do you have the requisite arm and how talented is it? This guy's arm talent is off the charts. In particular, when he's out of the pocket, he makes every single throw. It's strong down the field. He's accurate in the intermediate zones. He can change angles. He's got an incredibly talented arm. Category number three, movement and creating. Can you move in the pocket? Get yourself free. Can you create without being a threat as a runner? Can you create time and space 
in order to be a threat as a passer, eyes downfield, and then hurt the defense outside of the pocket. I don't know if anybody has ever done that, at least that I've evaluated, better than Caleb Williams. This is his superpower right here in category number three, movement and creating. When he's on the move, he is most dangerous, very similar to Mahomes in a lot of ways. And the reason is, is because there's a combination of that arm talent and the ability to continue to know what's going on down the field, he is accurate on the run off platform. So he gets himself loose, and we've seen this time and time again, right? He gets himself loose in the pocket, he escapes, and his eyes stay downfield, and then boom, laser beam, throws a touchdown. That's his superpower right there. Arm strength and accuracy, guys ridiculous in, in that one. Number four, can you be a threat just straight with your legs? Top end, this guy is top end, right? There's not many that were better than him. So it didn't matter if he was just creating in the pocket or outside. He could also be a threat as a runner. Just ask OU. In fact, his first meaningful football as a college quarterback was basically a fourth down run in which he was stopped initially and then ran for a touchdown against Texas in the Red River game. Sooners come back and win that game. Wasn't going well for them. They put, remember, they bench Rattler. They put in Caleb Williams when Lincoln was there. And that fourth down run, I know Sooner fans don't want to like think about the fact that Lincoln and, and Williams left, but they did. And that's what we were initially graced with was his ability to hurt you with his legs. And then lastly is just your mind. Do you have the schematic ability in your mind to understand what's going on in the football field? And he does. He has that. I've talked to him at length um, uh, about schematics. I've talked to his coaches about what he understands about schematics. The guy understands what's going on. He gets the game of football. And so when I look at those five categories, normally, normally when I'm evaluating these quarterbacks for the draft, there's always at least one where you say, uh, average to below average in that category but he's so good in the other ones that it makes up for it right there's there's guys like that all over the place the rarity is to find someone that is exceptional in all five so why is Caleb Williams a generational talent and why is he number one on many lists including mine is because this guy is top end excellent in all five categories that I evaluate and that's one of the most rare things in this at least this position and profession. I would also encourage people, don't get bored with the fact that we've known this for a long time. Generally speaking, our society gets bored with greatness. You know, oh, we don't like it when, you know, people win back-to-back -back titles. Oh, you know, Michael Jordan didn't win MVP every year. Why? Because people got bored. Was he the best player? Yes, of course. Of course. And I think people got bored with Caleb Williams and we expected so much out of him. And when their season didn't go well at USC, we all were just kind of like, well, you know, maybe he's not the best quarterback. Yes, no, no, no. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Don't get bored with our initial thoughts. I would just encourage people to remember that. We've known he was going to be the number one pick for a long time. And if he's not, I believe that is chasing ghosts. If a team doesn't select Caleb Williams number one overall, I think it's chasing ghosts. I mean, it, it happens in this sport. It happens in the draft process, but I don't think it'll happen this year. That's pretty good and thorough analysis from Joel Klatt. Uh, I don't think he has to worry about Caleb Williams not going one. I mean, he, he's going to go one. If, if Ryan Poles comes out of this and says, you know, I actually prefer Drake May or Jaden Daniels, he'll, he'll trade the pick and he'll he'll kind of split the the apple here. He'll, he'll get what 
Fields fans want in terms of the trading down, he'll get extra assets, and then he'll still take a quarterback to move on to mm-hmm. take a shot at being better and younger uh, and cheaper and all of that. But that, that's pretty good stuff. I think, it's, it, I think it's great stuff in terms of the way he breaks down the position, and it resonated with me because we've lived talking about Mitch, and then we've lived talking about Justin. And the third one, movement with keeping your eyes downfield, right? Justin got better at it, but didn't do it consistently. He got better at it, but it was like a very top priority to talk about and dissect. And is he doing it? He's getting a little better at it. Oh, he's starting to show flashes. So maybe that'll keep going and that'll, that'll be great. He called it, that's Caleb's superpower. That, that's where the Mahomes comp comes from is yep. really that. Cause Mahomes is the best we've ever seen at keeping the eyes downfield and making things happen as he moves in the pocket. And, but number one is the pocket. Number one is, can you control the game post snap standing in the pocket? And that is what we've talked about for with Mitch for all those years. It's what we still talk about with Justin for all these years. It's what people are waiting for. And I don't see it yet with Justin. I don't. And and if you don't see it after 38 starts, that's why it's that's why a lot of people who know are saying it's not that difficult a decision. Because that pocket quarterback thing, if Caleb is already showing a propensity for it in a way that you haven't seen Justin. That, then and with all the other stuff that's there, that, that is a massive, massive factor. Kurt Warner tells it to us every week. Yeah, well, there was the there was Caleb's highlight package is so ridiculous that you think that he's only an off schedule player. I fired back at you. You t- you made a tweet that went viral with all of Caleb's off schedule stuff, and I tweeted at you. Yeah, show me stuff from the pocket. Yeah, and that got a ton of support from Fields people and from other things because I was like, I need to see it, man. Yeah, like because it's he, but it's. It's it is there. there. It, it, it is on the tape. That's the thing. Yeah. If you end up studying the tape and listening to people who really study it and really know it, it is there. That's when it changed for me. Yeah. Because I wasn't out on fields for a long time, but then I know that this guy has that. You need that. You need that to be a complete quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's a pretty strong endorsement uh, from Joel Klatt on Caleb Williams. Uh, Justin Fields made some news, though, and and, and I use the word news in, like, the loosest sense of the term here when we're talking about whether or not he follows or unfollows the Bears. We we have – oh, oh, with that, yeah, right. He didn't make that news, but then that became news. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He, He made news by unfollowing the Bears on Instagram. And I know it sounds ridiculous. Like uh, our guy, Normal Tom, who said he only got a few years left, and so he just wants to, you know, enjoy, and I put those words in your mouth. Uh, you want to just, like, enjoy Justin Fields because he's good. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that that would strike me as completely hey, ridiculous. Tom, thanks for coming on Death's Door. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good for you, Tom. Thanks, man. Straight uh, out of hospice. Uh, I love that album, by the way. <laughs> Straight out of hospice. Didn't you like that? Really, really good. Really good. You made it real. Um, <laughs> but... The that's my superpower. <laughs> it, re- it really is. But like, it, it it it. I understand why it would strike people as ridiculous. It's news who he follows on Instagram. Why it's this is how millennial and Gen Z how we express ourselves. It's the social media uh, forensics. Yeah, it's just a thing. Yeah, and and, and so uh, Justin Fields uh, went on Equinemius St. Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown. The St. Brown brothers have a podcast, and it was honestly as loose and comfortable as I've ever seen Justin Fields with the media. Uh, it was it was great. I highly recommend it. It only will make you like him more if you like him, or even if you don't like him somehow, you will like him more than you don't currently. But this is how Justin Fields uh, responded to the question of why he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. 
What's with the unfollow what? with the bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like why, why are you unfollowing the bears? This and that. Like, I still mess with the bears. This and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, don't mean you're not messing with them. That's you know? true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. But you, fo- you follow you Luciana, right? But listen, listen, man. Yeah, that's, that's my bro. girlfriend, though. That's different. But I'm saying, like, when you're single, it's you really mess with the girls you don't follow more than the girls you follow. You, you know feel me? Oh, like, so you're yeah, saying you mess with the Bears. You're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them. Man, ah, like okay, okay. It's, it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess mm-hmm. what? Just, just get away, get away from every bit. Bears post. It's either the uh, you follow. Nah, it's either follow. It's the draft Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired yeah. of hearing the talk. We want, like it's to, we want, yeah. it, like it's just, bro, like it's time to just. So you're telling me you don't follow no football, bro. You follow. I follow Ohio State football. I don't follow the NFL. I don't follow the Bears. Bleacher like, Report. Bleacher Report. Report. It's basketball season. They're not posting nothing about football, dog. Mm. Drake London, my teammate. What's up with that? What you mean? What's up with that? I follow you. You know, you know Drake? You. you don't follow me. But you know Drake? Um, I'll follow you after this, but nah, not for real. I mean, we played against them, you know, these past two years, but I don't know. Right. Like that. Hmm. I've been following for a minute, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's crazy. That's my dog. Um, I just know he's on the Falcons. Um, uh, yeah, I was just, <laughs> just wondering why you followed Dre if you knew him or something. Yeah, nah, I don't, I don't know him like that, but... Do you want to stay in Chicago, or what's up? Yeah, of course. Of course I want to stay. To be honest, bro, I'll be trying to, like, you know, with all the talk, it's, it's hard to, you know, I guess kind of just boom be in one place, but I can't see myself playing in another place, but I know how that league is. Like, EQ, you was probably the same way before you left Green Bay, but, I mean... If it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love right. the city. The city's lit. The the fans there, they're great. Mm-hmm. And the people. It's a business. I ain't got no control over it. So whatever right. happens, happens. But I feel like the biggest thing with all this going on right now, I just want it to be over. Like, just let me know if I'm getting traded. Yeah. Let me know if I'm staying, this and that. Because I like watching film in the offseason. I like watching the offense. You feel me? Seeing what they're going to do a lot and uh, stuff like that. So... Man, that is so – he's so relaxed there that it almost makes it seem impossible for him to be lying because I do think, like, oh, you unfollowed the Bears. You're pissed about it. But that's his Mitch Trubisky, we got to get some of these TVs turned off moment. He won't get off social media because of his age. He can't, like all of us. He's addicted to it. Uh-huh. But whenever he sees a Bears post, all he does is see in the comments, draft Caleb or keep Justin – and the man's probably about to go to Cabo, and he's like, I know I'm not going to be able to stay off IG and mm. stay off my phone, so he just unfollows it. I think that's incredibly relatable. It's so relatable. It's completely human, man. And he says, when he says, look, to be honest, I just want this over. And you heard it a little bit earlier in there. It's like when he sees the comments and stuff. I wouldn't want to see that, you know? I, I, I mean, like... You and I deal with it on a on a smaller level when people are hating on us or like talking about like why doesn't why doesn't somebody else why doesn't golf have the afternoon show or whatever it is you know it's like we see it we live it you're um, all so mean yeah well <laughs> I'm just kidding um, but but seriously it, I it, it's I feel for him I, I feel for him because he has busted his ass to be great and he works very very hard and he's got a good. A good head on his shoulders and a lot of comfort um, with what he's doing, and he's he's tired of it. I, I hope I hope they give him clarity sooner rather than later. 
Why didn't it go viral when he unfollowed the score a few weeks ago when you put on that Caleb jersey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was following us for some reason. I don't think so. Was he really? No. Okay. <laughs> what, 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 I, this I, guy is the most gullible person Jesus. in the world. It says it right up there, dude. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We're in the gullible studios. I, I love, um, I, I love the, Q, the Q&A. They're like, why do you follow Bleacher Report? You know? Like them going after him about every little thing. He's still following the NFL. He is says he? he doesn't want football on his, on his timeline. He's still following plenty of outlets that put football on his yeah, timeline. He, he knows what's happening. <sighs> and by he, the way, if like he said right there, like I want to be studying film in the offseason, yeah. do do, does that mean he like didn't get Shane Waldron's playbook? Oh, that's a good question. You know what I mean? It's a good like, follow-up. Because if he well, – but I, Equinemia St. Brown is <laughs> he's not exactly Walter Con- Cronkite there <laughs> with, the, with the journalism and the follow-ups. Though he, he did do a pretty good job of goading him on Drake London. I would have just been like <laughs> – Went to Ohio State, buddy. Yeah, uh, you don't follow me. I'll do that right after this. Yeah, season. so he actually did a pretty good job. But when he's like, I'd like, I'd like to be watching film in the offseason. Well, if he's not talking to Shane Waldron about yeah. what's going on. That would be an indication. That seems to be a decent – he knows what's going to happen. He's not dumb. He just – there's no, no incentive for him to come out and, like – he knows that he will have sympathy Man. when he gets traded from his peers, from fans, whatever. He's not going to no, – he should demand a trade. They want to trade him. Like he, like he, he, he doesn't need to play that role of the villain, but he, he knows what's going to happen. He seems happy. He's though. just, he's exhausted by it. Yeah. Understandably so. He, it, it's totally reasonable for him to be under, uh, upset about it. He was asked though more specifically about his hometown Atlanta Falcons on the St. Brown Brother podcast. You're from Georgia, right? Yeah, I'm from Georgia. What do you think about Atlanta? Like, you like you like Atlanta? Atlanta would be tough. I, the only con of going back home is just people hitting my phone crazy. Yeah, you know, wanting tickets to the game. But I mean, uh, I think I think they got a lot of play mag- playmakers on the team, and um, of course, Bijan. They got my boy Kyle, and then of course Drake too. Um, they probably need one more receiver, but um, they definitely got some guys over there, and their defense was good this year they too. Had a good so. defense last year. Jesse went crazy this yeah. year. Oh my God! Boy, went Calais dumb. Campbell, biggest. Yeah, Calais old, but AJ, he's still AJ Terrell. He's still turning up. Yeah, corners. <laughs> These guys are just naming their friends on the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, naming ballers. Calais Campbell, he's as old as normal Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> AJ Terrell, he's a baller. He Jesse Bates. Though. They're he's talking sucked. about the yeah, safety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's pretty. I mean, also. We've heard many of those things about going home, but about the the ticket requests and the pressures of playing at home. That's a would be an a, a element for Caleb if he went to, uh, yeah. to to Washington. I don't know, man. Like it, we've we've talked about what the possible trade markets are and the way that Zach Robinson has described the quarterback that he wants. It doesn't necessarily fit Justin. Other than the big arm, it doesn't necessarily fit what we've seen as Justin's strength so far. Listen, I'm I'm loud wrong all the time, but yes, I, you are. I, I full stop. Let's yeah. Next cut. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like it 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 strikes me that Ryan Poles is talking to these reporters to try to say that there's a huge trade market for Justin Fields when there probably isn't. That's just my – I can't – I don't think there's six teams that make sense for him or four teams that make sense for him when you really start breaking it down. And so – Well, the other issue is that, I mean, if everybody thinks they've tried to, like, hedge and, and, and have use some leverage, but if everybody thinks they're going to draft a QB number one, then you hold out as long as you can in terms of what you'll, you'll yeah. give up. I, I think holding out for anything more than a second-round pick is very unlikely. But and then people say, well, Sam Darnold got a second, a fourth, and a sixth. That was a terrible trade. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that was an 
awful trade. So just because there is precedent on something, it doesn't need, mean it needs to hey be man, repeated. NFL GMs make awful trades all the time. Uh, he did go down memory lane, though. Last thing we'll play from Justin Fields from his appearance on the St. Brown Brother podcast, then we'll get back to uh, interaction with the many mob members here in the town hall forum. Uh, Justin Fields' favorite Bears memory. I mean, I, I would say probably the first game. The first preseason game, bro, because if you ask me when I'm a sophomore in high school, like, if that I'm going, or if you tell me that I'm going to the league, you feel me, I'm going to be playing for the Bears and that, like, I'm saying, nah, you, you tripping, because if, I got to set up my whole plan, my whole life plan at, in 10th grade, I would say, all right, bet, I want to walk on at a school like Clemson, I just want to be on the team, I don't even got to play, I just want to be on the team, and get my degree, and then work an office job. That's how I thought my life was going to go out. But I just kept getting better. And, um, of course, my goals started changing. But really just being out there, like, being out there on the field actually playing, I would say is my favorite memory because, shoot, I never would have thought I would have made it. So, Man, that is, in some ways, heartbreaking. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> His best memory was a preseason game. <sighs> Couldn't play in any bigger games for this team that it didn't work out more. Because I thought at first when he said his first game, first game was rough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> first the first game start he got sacked nine times. At Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. No, he's talking about preseason. No, I, I he in. clarified. I know. But. Yeah, but like feeling the joy and feeling the love. I thought maybe he'd mention uh, the last game and hearing the crowd chant yeah. his name. Yeah, because I mean, he had. I mean, he had the Monday night game, right? The, the game against New England. Yeah. Um, like he he had he had highs. Obviously, that Dolphin game that we referenced, the Cowboys game, not in wins, but great individual performances. Damn. But that Cowboys game is when I felt it. That Cowboys game was when I was like, man, look at that. Look what he's making happen. Look how much he does not quit and just kept making plays after play after play. It, it's been a journey, man. I, I know it's been a journey for you. We make fun of you for the QB1 party and everything like that, but it it, it, it's been a journey for all of us. Like, it, it, you know, and, and, and it's okay to change your mind, frankly. This, maybe I'm speaking to the QB1 decided uh, out there. It's like you get, you get new information. You hear from smart people, if not us, hear from the smarter people that we get to talk to, and, and you learn more about the position. Which, which I think we have over the past five or six years. Don't you think we've learned more about quarterback from everybody we've talked to living with the Mitch experience and the Justin experience? Don't you guys feel like you've learned some stuff over these last five or six years? So it, it, opinions should evolve with all that we've heard. Well, we will go back to the audience here. We've got a lot of people who want to grab the microphone and weigh in on what they think that Ryan Poles should do at the quarterback decision. It's the Parkinson Spiegel QB1 Town Hall on the score.